right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. Hey, it's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. My man Kevin Bird there. Will he be here? Fired up to talk to my friends at Mopar. Kev, I know there's a lot of brand loyalty here between us, my man. You being a Ford guy, me being a Mopar guy, and there's a little Chevy that we share in between. It's, it's kind of funny. We don't like to admit the <laughs> elephant in the room is Chevrolet. Oh, but that's where we got some common ground, at yeah, least, you yeah. know? <laughs> so what made you a, a Ford guy? Well, I mean, I tell you, I grew up a Chevy kid. Okay. Um, we had a lot of Fords. We had a 67 notchback Mustang. Uh, always had some kind of a Conaline. Uh, but, uh, you know, my first car, that 82 Camaro, yep. full Chevy, small block Chevy guy building motor after motor, you know, I can inside and out these cars, um, you know, and then I went to work for Ford and amazingly, you know, uh, you know, I start to see the inside out, yeah. uh, I start to see all the products, you know, and I grew up with a lot of Ford. So there was huge connection there and, you know, it's just, it's grown into me over the last 20 years being up here in Detroit. So, uh, Ford kind of runs to the through the bloodstream, uh, Chevy's still kind of in that uh, early DNA. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, hanging around you, the Mopars are being <laughs> tolerable, you know? Uh, you know, for me, man, I always, I don't know if it was the Dukes of Hazard or what it was, but something about, you know, the Dodge, the lines on those Dodges. I just always fell in love with really crazy, man, really quickly. I was just like, that's my car. I love it. That's the line that really, you know, for me, I, I just tend to, you know, just gravitate towards big, aggressive, you know, B pillars, real cool lines, snouty grills, all the, you know, the almost comic approach that Dodge took. They're the only manufacturer that used to take cartoon characters, right, and stick them on the side of their cars, have goofy nicknames. Like the engineers behind Dodge were great, which is awesome because we're going to talk to Mike Rossi, who is the engineer supervisor, and he's going to be telling us a little bit about this new drag pack car and Unlike, you know, Dodge has always kind of been like upper echelon. They owned the racetrack for a long number of years through the 60s. They were kind of the king of that muscle car era. And they definitely sort of paid tribute to that homage. Now they come out and they want to stomp everybody when it comes to what happens at the drag strip. And man, it's tough to beat them. There is no doubt that Mopar deserves a ton of respect on the drag strip, man. I mean, from way back, like you said, in the 60s, uh, even today, I mean, it's, boy, if those guys show up, yeah. man, you, you better have your game together. Yeah, and this is going to be exciting, right? Because this is the 2020 of, uh, new version out, right? Right, And it's they won't give us all the details, but we're going to give you a bunch in this interview. 
Uh, but there is a lot of sneak peek kind of read between the lines, right? Yes, yes. You're going to find out whether or not this car can go sub eight. And there's a reasoning mm-hmm. behind it, which will lend to, you know, in, in just a couple of minutes. But think about muscle cars. Think about what started that back in the day. You know, for you Ford guys, especially for you, man, you got to think Ford took it, you know, they took that V8 390 to a, to a 406 or whatever it was in 1961. Chevrolet turned it 348 into the 409, which is a big, brawny, nasty motor. Everybody recalls the, you know, the Beach Boys and whatnot. But Mopar, man, they had that max wedge, 413, then the 426 wedge, which then became the Elephant, the 426 Hemi. Like, those guys put everything in the drag racing, man, which is always, for me, it's always been the highlight of those Mopar guys. They live, eat, breathe. You even see it in their advertising nowadays. You see a lot of cars... Ford and GM tend to go for the track guys. They put their cars through chicanes and corners and turns and, and so forth. Nah, Mopar, Dodge, they literally just haven't been doing burnouts and you know drag strips down the middle of their downtown. <laughs> well, when your platform is 4,000 pound plus, <laughs> right? <laughs> you don't really have a choice, right? Uh, <laughs> let's play Let's play the cards we got. And, and you know, they play them well. <laughs> it's a Ford guy with a little, a little sucker shot right there. You're right. The cars <laughs> are enormous but they make up for that in power and you know one of the great conversations we're going to have a little bit later on in the podcast is how much power these cars are making and these are cars you can go buy in the dealership which is kind of mind-blowing yeah so if you have any interest in this the whole world of you know buying from the factory buying from the dealership cars that are eight seconds sub eight second right you guys got to listen to this interview coming up. Yeah, it's going to be pretty awesome. And first up, we got Joe Dinner. Now, Joe, he's head of Mopar Design at FCA, you know, North America, which is Fiat Chrysler America. And he's in charge of, you know, the next evolution, what really motivates and moves people, what inspires them. And he came up with something called the Lowliner, which, you know, I saw this truck and you know how I kind of went gooey on that truck. I own a 1968 Dodge D200. I want to make a rat ride out of it. We saw one there that was, I mean, this car, this truck is gorgeous. Oh, it's killer, man. And, you know, we've all seen cars from either SEMA or you know, the auto show or other where, you know, it's from the OEs, right? It's from, this is from Mopar, from Chrysler. And, you know, they have their own little, you know, sort of, let's say empire of designers and fabricators and builders. And they're trying to inspire us or trying to get us excited and geeked up about their products, give us maybe hints of new vision, new styling, new cues, right? And so a lot of times they might uh, you know, pick something like this 68 D200, an old truck, but they might throw in some styling cues that could end up on the showroom floor. So really yeah. kind of interesting. Every time you go to one of these events and you see the different concept cars, uh, you know, wow, am I looking at something I could maybe buy? Am I looking at hints of some things that I might see in vehicles I could buy? It's kind of neat. So we got an inside scoop, you know, with uh, with Joe Dinner. Uh, on, on kind of how some of that process works, right? Where the inspiration comes from and where they go with it and how they get it to the showroom floor. And I tell you, this this vehicle, it's moved in every proportion. And it, like you said, yeah. it's, it's beautiful. As an engineer, as a guy that sits back and, you know, I know you like, you know, you lean towards your Ford moniker in the, in the blue oval. Do you see other people styling and say to yourself, all right, all right, 
they got something there. <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. And I give it to, you know, FCA or I give it to, you know, Mopar. They've had some of the best styling from the Viper. I mean, even their passenger cars. We look back on them now and go, ah, but at the time, like the Concorde, just those vehicles all had the stealth you know, in their day, like they were always yeah. almost better styling than everybody else. You know, quality might not always been there, but their styling, their attractiveness, uh, their cool factor for sure, man. Yeah, they were always they're always the super cool car, man. When when the four twenty six and this is the wedge four twenty six before it morphed into the Hemi four twenty six, when they came to the races that year in nineteen sixty three, they set eight NHRA records. They blew the doors off everybody. And to think, here you go. This is what's funny, Bird. The baddest they could come up with, right? was a scorching 1269 quarter mile on Superstock Plymouth and Dodge. Man, think about that 1269, bro. <laughs> and to think the world is is changed, but it really hasn't when you think about what they still pursue and pursue in an aggressive way. You know, yeah. it's just faster. Well, I mean, we're so many years later, and now we're in the eights, yeah. maybe even <laughs> sub-eights. I mean... Wow. We're going to find out here in just a minute. But let's talk to Joe Dinner first. Again, he is the head of Mopar Design for FCA North America. That means things like the lowliner. That means taking cues, you know, from how people are inspired and moved by their product. And he had a couple really gorgeous ones. So without further ado, let's go back to SEMA. Joe Dinner, head of Mopar Design, FCA North America. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. All right, it's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. We are live from SEMA 2019. And I'm telling you, man, I get really excited each and every year to walk into the Mopar booth. You never know what you're going to see. Me being a guy that just bleeds Mopar blue, I'm like, I'm excited. I'm thrilled. There's always something under the cover. It's always a big reveal. Uh, they packed the place, man. Last year, it was a 1,000 horsepower, like, crate engine, the Elephant. They had a 68 Charger. had all this wide-body flare thrown on it. Like, Kev, even you, as a, as a Ford guy, you saw that car was like, okay, that's legit. Dude, it was one of my favorites from SEMA, and it was, again, at the International Auto Show I got to see in Detroit. And out of everything there, of course, the auto show is not the same thing as SEMA, but that car stood out. I mean, I spent more time there than probably right. anywhere else. thing was amazing, the way exhaust came through the taillights yeah. like that, all in carbon. Just the stance of it, it had kind of that wide body look with some big old meats under it. Yeah. And, and sporting a thousand horsepower crate engine, which is now available from our friends at Mopar. And the guy behind all these concepts, you guys understand, every every year, I guess, you know, you Joe, you're sort of assigned, you know, the task of make something incredibly aesthetically you know, marveling and, and impressionable and, and man, I mean, what a task you have. How do you come up with it year after year after year? That's quite a buildup and it's quite a task every <laughs> year. I mean, right now we're collecting inputs from the SEMA show for next year. Yeah. So it, this stuff, this isn't a process that happens overnight. We, uh, we work a year in advance, so. Man. So who do you work with, like, as far as the designs, right? I mean, I'm familiar a little bit with behind the scenes on, on let's say, the design studios in the OEs. So you've got guys, let's say, you know, at, at FCA that have sketches and drawings and stuff on CAD and all over the place. So you've got lots of great kind of inputs, but I'm sure they're a little bit biased maybe on an OE. But, you know, when we look at your kind of concepts here for SEMA and whatnot, I mean, these are retro cars, right, 68 Charger. So 
does that input come from other builders, other friends? You know, how does that kind of collectively come together so that at the end of the day, right, you've got something, like Willie said, is just absolutely captivating, brings people in the booth? We, we usually start out, it's, it's multi-pronged. Uh, I mean, we'll start out with um, kind of what the overall theme is that's going to be for the show. So that kind of uh, level sets us as far as what we're going to try to support as far as property builds. Um, we'll also look at just what's going on in the world. What's the hot trends? What's hot? What's not? What's going on? And then we'll do a lot of, you know, brainstorming with our internal Mopar uh, product planning uh, group, uh, marketing. And then, yeah, the designers cut loose. Uh, at that point, we kind of funnel out and do a lot of different themes. Um, modern, retro, vintage, whatever you can think of. And then we focus and funnel down, and we usually ultimately pick one or two designs, and that sticks. Every once in a while, though, there'll be this magical sketch that one of the designers does that's just, that's it. Supercharger was one of those types of events. Yeah, man. The, the sketch that uh, Frank uh, Dionysopoulos, I'll get the name right, did was magical, and it was right from the start. Uh, Jeremy Rolfs, who did the lowliner sketch, that we have for the uh, the 68 Dodge with the diesel engine. Yeah. Right right out of the chute, boom, that was it. You kind of know it. When you see it, you know it. Well, let's talk a little bit about that particular concept, right? Because it's here, you debuted it. It's called the Lowliner. Explain exactly what that is. And if you guys envision this, you may want to Google you know, this particular make and model, and you may want to Google this particular machine because what they have created is really extraordinary. Well, we love doing the Mopar vintage cars. We've done that, Chargers, Challengers, all that stuff. We love seeing the vintage oh, Mopar yeah, yes. cars. I and, mean. and you know what? We love driving them because all of our Ooh. stuff functions. It's not just uh, a static display, it all functions. So uh, we like driving them too. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> I, I understand. Um, we, uh, so this year, we wanted to shake it up a bit. You know, uh, trucks are hot, especially the vintage trucks. We had this uh, service engine. It's a Cummins uh, diesel, 5.9. Uh, it was in service, I believe, from uh, like 1998 to 2006. Uh, but Mopar offers it as a service engine. And we kind of thought, could we build a, a truck around that? So, or a vehicle, let's say, leave it look very open. Sure. We quickly arrived at a truck, hence Jeremy's sketch. But Jeremy focused, you know, a lot of his trucks, everybody lifts them, does crazy stuff like that. And we kind of thought, you know, everybody else is zigging, we're going to zag. So we wanted to go with something that was with an airbag suspension, something that was lower, hence the low liner. And we focused on the 61 through 71 swept line series of Dodge trucks. And this one specifically was a D200, 1968, heavy duty, had a 318 in it. Yep. It was tired. It had a lot of, I'll call it, uh, recreational uh, welding on it because <laughs> I think it had seen better days. We found it in uh, Ohio, got it for 6,800 bucks and turned it into this jewel that you see here. Well, the stance on it, I think, just kind of nails it. It's really kind of set low. Looks like you guys have stretched it out a little bit so its yeah. proportions are all different. Yep. So, I mean, when you see it, I mean, it's, you recognize the old truck in it. 
Yes. But it's it's been moved and it's been lengthened and just how it but sits it, on the so ground. It's so subtle. It's so right. when you look at that, you know, those trucks are kind of underappreciated. Yes. You know, I really think those trucks are coming around and more people are, you know, gaining a little popularity in that truck and you know, they're starting to see and understand what that <clears throat> truck can be, you know, when guys like you or other hot rodders or, you know, builders get their hands on it. It is a really gorgeous truck with really unique lines uh, and a really you know that low line sort of um, badging that you have on it really applies well to that car, that vehicle when you see it the way it is. You know. Well, thank you. It's it's all very appropriate. Uh, you know, I think our role as designers for Mopar is to salute and recognize some things from the past that we've done. And I'll be honest, not everything is such a beautiful statement. Uh, they were a product of their times. But if you look at what the base vehicle is and you strip away a little bit of the ornamentation, a little bit of the things that are maybe a little off kilter, and you look at just what the base vehicle is, and it's all about, it's like you said, Kevin, all about stance, all about proportion. We actually stretched the wheelbase three inches on that just because we could, and it looks better. We wanted to shorten the front overhang. So yeah. I believe it went from 125 inch wheelbase to 128. Wow, that's a big yeah, trying to is. park that thing in your yeah. local restaurant parking lot, you know? Well, wow. and then we went to 22 inch wheels, front and rear. Uh, they're billet aluminum. They look like uh, the old school steelies. Uh, so we did that for weight, and they're eight lug wheels, but it was really just to kind of strip the whole truck down to be as pure as possible but and highlight the the great styling of that truck i mean it was it's a pretty truck it's a well, pretty truck one of the kind of key sort of design features you guys did is sort of that uh lifted front whole clip so yes. right you know kind of attached where the bumper is the whole hood fenders grill all just kind of opens up forward and just really opens that space up to kind of highlight that 5.9 cummins that's in there and, and that's the whole point of SEMA. We wanted to highlight the engine because that was it was really a vehicle that was built around the engine itself. And uh, by having the tilt front end, we welded the, the fenders and the hood all together, put the tilt front end on it, and it highlights all of that. So everybody can see that, that giant piece of 1,100-pound uh, <laughs> iron. <laughs> it is a big, big engine in there, a big power plant. But again, the truck, it works for what it is. For you, for the guy that's tasked with coming up with these unbelievable concept cars, which one out of all the ones that you've had your hands on sticks out for you as your gem, your holy grail, your the one that you would, if you could take one home, which would it be out of all the ones that you've done? That, that's probably the toughest question I'm always asked. And uh, each year, it's usually the most current vehicle. Um, it, it's really tough. It, 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 it vibrates from the shakedown that we did a few years ago, the 71 Challenger with the yeah. 392 crate engine. Remember that one? Yeah. Uh, we did a, a CJ66 with the 345 crate engine. Um, we've done some Moab concepts. We've done uh, the Supercharger last year. Yes, I think was that insane. was probably the crescendo for me right there. But I'll tell you, this, this truck rates right up there as far as the lowliner because it's just really special. Well, it's gorgeous, man. Well, all right, give us one that just kind of kicked you in the tail, right? Like, <laughs> you got the sketches, you got the plan, everything's going, you got the deadlines, and it's just fighting you the whole way. Wow. Uh, 
You know what? You're you're gonna find this hard to believe. I haven't encountered that yet. <laughs> oh my god! I, I don't no. believe it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Who I has haven't. that look? I don't like, think anybody going to do a brake no. job hasn't had that one bolt break off or rust. Well, you gotta remember, or, I'm not the one wrenching on these things. I just point fingers and uh, say yes and no, and I'll <laughs> that, be back next week. That is the nice thing about being on the design side. You're like, there's right. my drawing, yeah. Yeah, guys. Y'all yeah. Yeah. this, and here's your deadline. All no, right. we 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 encounter challenges. You know what? Probably the biggest the biggest challenge that we have isn't so much the execution. The execution is always flawless on this stuff. It's usually when you start getting more people involved and third parties, fourth parties, and you you ordered that frame for that car that you wanted, and you knew it was going to be a three month lead, and all of a sudden they come back and say, you know what? You're not going to get that frame. It's going to be six months from now, and then it's almost all of a sudden we have to regroup and figure out what we're going to do. You know, I always like to say my plan B is to make sure plan A works, but sometimes <laughs> we do have to go to plan B. Uh, dude, I have a tattoo on my <laughs> look on my shin. It's the Scat Pack. It's my logo, Plan B Racing, because everything <laughs> turns out Plan B in my world. Like it's never Plan A, it never comes to fruition. So That's I should just awesome. stick with my second option right there. All right, for all the guys at home that have built or building something, and it takes them, you know, years, sometimes decades. What's the timeline on that truck? Oh gosh, uh, you're gonna make some people cry. I know. Oh, we this is we painful. we um, we are guilty of sliding into home plate at times. Actually, this year we finished our vehicles about five days early. I was very happy about that. Um, this one, uh, the low liner, which was pretty extensive law fabrication, I think took about 80 days from sketch God. to final turnkey. 80 days. I can't yeah. even make a decision sometimes on a project. I can't in get days, rims you know? in 80 days, <laughs> bro. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's the beauty of working with all the resources that we have at FCA with our design office. Um, and we have multiple people. I mean, it's it's not just two or three people work on it. It affects many people. Uh, and that's the beauty of doing it. Things happen quicker. There you go, man. Well, Joe, we appreciate your time. Oh, thank you. I appreciate great it. Great job on the concepts, man. Love what you're doing. Keep up the great work from Mopar, for Chrysler Fiat, for uh, everything you're bringing to the table, man. Thank your, you. Your creations are spectacular. Thank you. So thank I appreciate you, it. All right, Joe. Thank you, man. Thanks. 80 days, man. Yeah. 80 days? Are you kidding me? Like, it's one thing to kind of, you know, spruce something up, but, you know, when you're moving everything around, when you've got you know, clamshell, you know, front ends and everything else, different powertrains. Do you know how many roadblocks you run into on a project like that? Yeah, I mean, it man. takes most of us years, right? How many <laughs> How many years you've been working on that wide body? And that's just doing the body. I know. I was going to say, man, like I, I was being serious when I said I can't get rims in 80 days. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wow, he can get a whole car built in 80 days. I'm like, if I told my friends and, you know, my wife and everything, I, I'm going to build a car in 80 days, I'll tell you, I get kicked out of the house. Nationwide wouldn't even be on my side, bro. There's no doubt. I, I get ran out of the house. <laughs> and this is custom stuff. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, there's a lot of people out there that totally get the difference between I unbolt something, I bolt it, up, bolt it back on, right? New versus old. When you go custom, you run into every type of problem you could imagine, right? Oh, I thought this would fit it. Well, it doesn't. This doesn't adapt to that, right? Everything to make all those systems work, package, and they got to look showroom quality, right? This is coming from the mm. OE, not just, you know, your local car show. This is the know, thing man. that everybody, thousands, tens of thousands of people are going to stare at and pick apart, and you're going to knock it out from a sketch to showroom Whew. in 80 days. Wow, that's the machinery. Yeah, 
It's like that dream where you went to school, but you forgot your pants. Next leveled. Yeah. <laughs> you had that dream, right? Right. <laughs> and that man's only working on two plans, A and B, right? To get something in 80 days like that, I'm working on plan like W, X, Y, and Z just to try to get something finished yeah. to work, man. Well, you saw my tattoo. I wasn't lying. I've literally, that's the name of my race. You know, my race group is Plan B Racing because everything in my life has turned out Plan B. That's the theme of my life, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I got a question for you because we got to take a break right now. But when we come back, Mike Rossi, he's the engineer supervisor of FCA North America. We're talking drag pack. We're talking the baddest quarter mile car from any dealership ever. You can walk in, buy this car, turn key, man. And this thing is unreal, the numbers it puts down. So I have to ask, I have to ask you go ahead and wrap, it, wrap your head around it. What is your all-time favorite hands down asphalt pounding ass kicking muscle car you can only get one what is your one holy grail muscle car you got to tell us what it is and i'll do the same at the end of the podcast today okay right on all right your head around it we'll take a break now when we come back mike rossi the engineer supervisor at FCA North America. You guys are going to get more details and scoop and inside info on the Drag Pack Challenger. More here than you will anywhere else. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. Appreciate you being here and spending your time with us. So we're talking with Mike Rossi in just a second. I'm fired up about this bird because for me, man, as a kid, I knew the drag pack. Like that name was synonymous. That is the baddest boy on the block. And you think about that 426 Hemi, like that motor, the elephant was legendary, right? And the tame version, you know, the tame version, they estimated at 425 horsepower. Back in the day, that was a $1,000 option. And for a car that was only $3,400, (laughs) <laughs> that was a that was a check, but man, nothing would accelerate faster. For Chevrolets, they had the Copo, right? For for us Mopar guys, it was the drag packs and you know things like that. For for you Ford guys, you had the Cobra Jets. Were, were you big in the Cobra Jets back in the day, or did you know at least what that meant for drag racers? Oh yeah, man. But you know, I think no matter what love you had for those. There was just this mystique around the Hemi, you know? Yeah. Around what Mopar was doing, just the big numbers that they were laying down. Uh, I don't know, man. In my kind of going back history, my memories, like, it seemed to be dominated a lot by Mopar. At least you always had Mopar in the back of your head. No matter who you're rooting for, you're always like, oh, God, here comes those guys. Yeah, if you go Google the fastest, you know, drag strip car ever produced back in the 60s, it's a, you know, it's a Dodge Dart with a drag pack, 426 Hemi, super light, didn't have a lot of accessories, nothing like that. And surprisingly, I think the, like the Buick GS is second. You know, it's, it's really cool to see what these cars are capable of doing, but nothing at all compared to what they're doing today. I mean, it's, it's night and day, the difference in the evolution that these cars are, are, have gone through and how much power they're putting down from the factory, from a dealership. Well, we talked about the impact from the 60s, right? It's so huge that they named their current engine the Hemi after that. Yeah. Even though it's not really a Hemi, it's just the name, the presence, the meaning, the value of that, you know, those memories, that inspiration, everything, right? Hell of a marketing tool. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) Well, I tell you, man, when I talk to Mike here, and as an engineer guy, 
work on the OEs, man, to be able to work on a program like this. I mean, there's a lot of cars you could work on and you're like, yep, I, I, uh, I work on the minivan and I'm doing <laughs> side mirrors. I worked on and, the K car. Uh, you know, no. I got the fog lights. I'm, I'm the fog light guy or whatever else. I mean, this guy is leading up the charge behind the drag pack, oh. man. A 7.5 cage, you know, which means, right? Yeah. It's got capability within the rules to run down to those kind of speeds, mm -hmm. right? We're talking 354 cubic inches, uh. a monster blower. Like, this thing is ripping, and this guy gets to lead the charge. Bro, How it, cool is that? It went 170-plus on a 7-inch tire. It shut the front door. <laughs> the contact patch <laughs> on that is nothing. <laughs> oh, it's insane. All right, man, you guys have been waiting. Uh, I'm excited to hear it again. Let's get with Mike and get some scoop on this little bad machine. Again, man, we are still at the Mopar sort of area here at SEMA 2019. Stepping up to the plate, man, is a guy we wanted to pick his brain for several hours. We've been waiting. We've been like, okay, that's the guy. Uh, my man, Kevin, I know you're excited to talk with Mr. Mike Rossi. So, Mike, you are the man behind the unveiling of the drag pack this, uh, this year. And this thing, man... Not only is it, I'm looking at it, not only is it kind of nostalgic in its appearance, its stance, but man, that thing packs an insane punch. So tell everybody about what you guys unveiled this year at SEMA. Yeah, thanks. This is our latest generation of the drag pack, and uh, these cars just keep getting faster and faster. And um, what we had to do is re-engineer the whole chassis of this car. Uh, from the exterior, it looks stock because it races in factory stock. Right. Um, but we are exceeding the uh, eight and a half second NHRA um, regulations for the chassis, and we're in a seven and a half second certification now that gets into SFI, so it's like a much more intense cage. Oh, so much more thorough, much more, I mean, everything, all the components, everything is, you know, up the, another level. And that might not seem such a big deal, it, you know, if you're a race car guy and you're building race cars, but this is like an OE program, right? You're taking an OE body and white from the factory and and doing all these race mods that you can buy like at a dealer? Yeah, for sure. So <laughs> what we've done is, uh, you know, there's two options. The one that ours is a, a package car versus somebody that buys a car with an 850 cage in it and then has to re-engineer it. So what a lot of people will do is actually cut the cage out of it yeah. and redo the whole thing. And what we wanted to do is just offer that straight from the factory. And by doing that, we can incorporate the safety aspects of the cage and the suspension and do the whole chassis all together. So let's just clear any of the, the mud in the water for anybody listening to have a car started the chassis all the sfi stuff to to be able to put a car into the 750 range there is an unbelievable laundry list of safety requirements from the chassis uh to just everything integrated into it so all of that you know all that fun safety factors speed go fast stuff incorporated in a car that you could buy off the lot i love the fact that mopar that dodge that you know fiat chrysler steps to the plate and they're like yeah everybody else can have their turns and all that stuff we want a straight line we want to own it we want to be the fastest the baddest the meanest on the block like man it is it is a absolute statement yeah for sure i mean 
Dodge Mopar is dedicated to drag racing. I mean, it's a huge history. And we're just stepping it up one more time. Yeah, dude, a 750 cert cage in there, man. That's unreal. Who, who thinks about going to the dealership to buy a car and it's got a factory integrated wheelie bar, parachute, <laughs> yeah. right? Full 750 cage in it and everything. Uh, that's not what most people are thinking, but there are those out there that definitely are. Now, now how many are you guys producing this year? We're building 50. 50 exclusive uh, buyers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's the minimum to race in this class. You have to build 50 cars, and that's that's what we decided to build. What's under the hood? It's a new powertrain. Um, So it's it's a revised version of the powertrain that won us the national championship, and more power. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you I'm, letting any of the details? Yeah, I'm getting a little bit of hold back. Like, you know, I saw the crate engine over here with the 3.0 liter supercharger, the 426, uh, the Elephant, which you guys released last year. Is there something like that? Oh, oh I saw it was a 340 some cubic inch, right? Yeah, smaller. These, these are actually smaller. So, yeah, yeah. This so, is like a 5.7 or 5.8. So what's the supercharger? Three liter? Bigger? Um, we're still, we haven't disclosed that yet. Okay. So we're, we're still, that's that's to be announced. Okay. Um, Any uh, hint on when that's going to come out? I know there's a lot of people drooling. Yeah. Within the <laughs> next, <laughs> yeah, I can't give an exact date right now, but it'll be soon. It's, if you can't tell, we're, we're like twisting yes, his arm over so, here. All right, let me ask you this. Will it need that 750 cert from the older 850 cert? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, man. Ooh, wow. That's, that's why we're, you know, that's why we designed this car like this. And, the, and, and including, besides the powertrain, the suspension's key on this car. So we have factory-developed dampers, coilover shocks, um, completely revised rear suspension. Yeah, you suspension. had to do the entire rear end. Yeah. Go yeah. in and rework the entire thing, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. So and tell us a little bit about a, that. Yeah, back half kind of setup? Yes. Or? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's similar to what the old cars are, but um, this is a revised version of that. And um, so we didn't have coilovers before. We had a shock and a spring, and uh, um, I don't want to give too much away, but the suspension is drastic, drastically different. Were you going after more grip, more traction, or more you know straightening of the car going on the, down the track? Or? Yes, uh, to <laughs> all of it. All yeah. Of, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, mean there's sixty foot, sixty foots are critical. But then also the stability of the car going down the track at 170 plus mile an hour with a nine inch tire, they get they get a little sketchy. So hold on, my <laughs> hold on, hold on. You're telling me right here at SEMA 2019 that the power plant, that that car, all right, not only does it need more than an 850 cert, is that car capable of going sub eight and a quarter of a mile? Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. That you could buy from a dealership? Oh, no. Oh. Oh, that's just oh, for us for, for us race car guys, man, to be able to get your hands on something that unreal is amazing that you could go to a dealership. I'm sure it's a lottery or you got to know somebody that knows somebody that's married to somebody. But, wow, in order to get that car and it'd be that quick, that fast, turnkey is unreal. Yeah, it's... it's Can it's I f- man-hug you? Sorry. <laughs> 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 I don't want to man-hug you right now, Mike. Just, 
You're my boy, Blue. <laughs> Ugh. All right, man. How how proud does that make you, knowing that you saw it from, you know, it's Genesis, right? From the from the from that moment when you guys got this crazy idea, like Mopar tends to bring to the table, to seeing it up here on stage yeah. at SEMA. What's that? Uh, feel it's, like it's awesome but this is a team effort i mean there's a lot of people that have put effort into this car being here and uh, and um, you know our partnership with dsr we've learned a ton over the last several years and i worked hey, on the non previous generation is legit bro if you got a partnership that's the one to have yeah for <laughs> sure and uh so we've learned a lot from the previous generation and just tried to incorporate all those features into the new car What's the timeline between once you guys set all the specs, like this is what we're going to do to the new car, boom, let's go to when it's going to be available, delivered. What's that kind of span? Uh, NHRA's timeline is you have to build the cars within a, a year. Uh, so in 2020, you have to build 50 cars. Um, but it's taken uh, at least that much to develop the car. So and there's, then there's milestones that we go through as manufacturers to make sure that it's a, it's a robust car. Is a, we build a, what we call a mule first, and then we build a, uh, essentially yeah. a production validation car, and then we go into full production. So it's a, by the time that the production cars are built, they've, they've had quite a bit of time on them. It's quite different from right, the average race car guy that's like, I'm going to build this one car, and yeah. I'm going to put everything I know in it, and there it is, and I'm going to have to make it work. Yeah, right, man. and you guys are building multiple levels, right? As soon as you're done with that car, you're like, man, I should have done this and this and this. Yeah. <laughs> it always happens well, that when way. When you get with these multiple builds, yeah. you get some chance to go, well, this mule vehicle, right, this test vehicle, yeah. uh, it's telling us, you know, we're kind of off on here and we're right on over here, yeah. and you can kind of bake that into the next iteration, and man, you're just fine-tuning uh. that thing into a, a precision piece of machinery. Yeah, right? man. That's, well, a, that's exactly what we've done. We, we tried some stuff that was really radical, and we decided which stuff to keep and which stuff not. Yeah, well, that's fun to get that, oh that opportunity, God. right? Like, you're not stuck with what you thought might How work. How do we get on that team? How yeah. do we get a job there? Like, oh, let's try this. Oh, you want to build a sub eight second, you know, car you can go get a, at a dealership. I want on that team. Talk about a dream job. Thank you. Yeah, the reward is getting behind the uh, wheel of that thing and letting it rip. Have you ever got to do that? Yeah, actually I did. I want a man hug you again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, we thank you for your time. We really appreciate everything you're bringing to the stage, to the table. This continuous push for Mopar, for you know Fiat Chrysler to put these cars out that really take the drag race enthusiast, you know, and puts us at a level where we could just, man, get so excited about your offerings and all your effort for us on this end. Uh, it's just fantastic to see, man. Something you don't truly get from any other manufacturer, you know. So we, I, I, I deeply and greatly appreciate everything you're uh, you're doing over there, man. And keep up the good work, dude. Come here, give me a man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Thanks so much. Uh, it's yeah, awesome man. to see how excited yeah. you're, you are about it. Yeah, it's, uh, man. it's super cool. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, we can't wait for that other guy that could afford it, that knows the guy that knows the guy. That yeah, just married to somebody. To go like, rip oh, that thing down the yeah. track. We'll be rooting. Yeah, I can't wait. All right. Uh, Willie B, Kevin Bird, Mike from Mopar, and everybody at Mopar, we thank you, man. Thank you so much for your time. It's Two Guys Garage Podcast. Appreciate you guys being here. Catch you on the next one. 
Man, what an honor that was to talk to Mike Rossi. That guy, I tell you, what a gig, what a job. That's dude, that is a kid in a candy store. Like I'm gonna make a, you know, a badass Dodge Charger or a race pack challenger, call it the drag pack, stripe it up like the old Dick Landy rides and stick it on the stage and watch everybody drool on it. I want that job one day. Well, I gotta ask, man, is that even a job? <laughs> right? Like, you know, that's stuff I would do. That's stuff I do already for free, you know? I pay money to do stuff like that, let alone, man, to have that as your job. How killer is that? Yeah, man. I mean, Jeez. 50, only 50 dudes or dudettes are gonna get this thing, right? 50 units. Just imagine being one of those guys. It's like when, you know, when the the demon came out or, you know, even when the first Hellcats came out or, you know, there's all, uh, other signature series cars. But to have your hands on one of these, God, man, what a rush. Yeah, I think it's one of these things you just never let go of. Even if you stop racing it or whatever, <sighs> like, man, no, that is awesome. It will always be cool no matter what, you know, year, century, right, generation. Be like, dude. This thing, mm -hmm. right? I mean, when you fire it up, oh my God, you know, the like Ugh. palpitations in the chest area, rumbling, uh, you're like, you get wow. him in the chest area. I get him somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what form of electrification or teleportation or, or you name it, you stand next to something like that. Like I said, in any year or century or millennium, and the rumble factor alone has got to make you wake up and go, damn. Right, man, and we got a lot of insight. Sub H, he wouldn't tell us any more than that because they they can't. But there is a car you can buy turnkey that will go sub eight, and that is unreal. That is that is crazy to think about. It's just nuts. You know what's kind of cool though, because we know there's only fifty people that are going to get this thing. They do offer a variety of retro kits if you already have your own sure. Challenger. You know so. Yeah, it won't be exactly the same, but I mean, you can kind of emulate the cool factor. And you know what? I'm going to tell you, you're still a cool dude if you do all those retro kids. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> even if you weren't one of 50, you're still cool in my book. Thumbs up, bro. Hey, man, let's get to it. The question was asked earlier. All right. Your holy grail of muscle cars. If you could only have one. One single muscle car, whether it was a Chevy, a Ford, a Mopar, you could only have one. It's like the Highlander. There could be only one. Tell us, Bird, what is your holy grail of muscle cars? This is a tough, tough question because you said one, right? If you said, what do you like? Just rattle them out. But one, right. dude, because I love them all. Like you say, I'm Ford guy or whatever. I am 100% car guy, right? 69 Super B 426. One. Yes. <laughs> you know, Shelby Mustangs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, like Chevelles. Oh, my God. I, I love all love of them. Copo, you know, Camaros. Ah, so, I'm, you know, because I have to pick one, I'm going to go with this Ford theme, right? So... Uh, I'll kind of toggle a little between like, I kind of dig the Boss 302, you know, I dig kind of its uh, road racing heritage, but uh, also like the 69 Boss 429. Um, so I'm going to stay in kind of that category, yep, man. Yep. Hey, what was Ford's deal, dude? They had the Cobra Jet 429s. They had the Boss 429. They had a 428. They had a 427. Ford had an identity crisis there in the late 60s. They're like, what are you building, man? <laughs> Well, I think they had, God, did I lose count? I think they had like 
three or four different 351s. Yeah. You know, the Windsor, the Cleveland, the M. I think there was some other weird variant. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, it's, back then, though, they had like Mercury and Ford and, you know, everybody had their own Pontiac and, sure. you know, Chevrolet. And so they all had to do like something very similar but different. It was kind of weird. But yeah, they had identity crisis back then, and they still have a pretty complex powertrain lineup today. Like it's yeah, no doubt. All right, ask me. Go ahead. Okay, man, shoot it out. Nineteen seventy Dodge Hemi Charger four speed Dana sixty car. Pow! There it is. Triple black. Boom, bam, boom. Mike dropped the ultimate muscle car ever. Hollywood's muscle car, movies muscle car. It's the it's the most iconic muscle car in my opinion ever built. Ever. How am I not surprised at your answer? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish we could get some callers in or something and, and get kind of like a, you know, a, a poll. I'm yeah. telling you, Mopar would win, and that's the wrap. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, look, man, we appreciate you guys being here on the Two Guys Garage podcast, our TV show on weekends on Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Episodes also now streaming on Motor Trend on demand. Again, man, thanks to all of our guests, Joe Dinner, Mike Rossi. Great to talk to the guys from Mopar. Uh, my man, Kevin Bird, our producer, Scoop, executive producer, Bob Ecker. Appreciate you guys being here. Right on, man. And you guys, don't forget to check out our website, twoguysgarage.com. All kinds of great info. You can catch out some of our shows, uh, little highlight reels, et cetera, on there. And we're always on social, so check us out. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at twoguysgarage. Now, Two Guys Garage Podcast, copyright 2019, Brenton Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Don't steal it, it's ours. There you go, man. We'll catch you in the next Two Guys Garage Podcast. Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Brenton Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.